All right, you guys, I just got off from recording with Michelle of PLA, and I am so excited for you guys to dive into this. There is so much value in here. She talks about her story, how she has this confidence and just humility about her to get her where she's gotten. Don't forget to enter for the Paris Pays Your Wheels. You can check it out at Paris Lash Academy on Instagram and see their pin post to see how you can enter. Wherever you listen, take a screenshot and tag us both and we will get right into the episode. Hi, you guys, and welcome back to Talking Smack. I am extremely excited to have this guest on today. We have Michelle of Paris Lash Academy, and I want to jump right in and ask you, okay, so what you're doing is absolutely incredible. You have this, is it like this special going on right now where Paris pays your wheels, or what would you call that, and how did you come up with that? What made you want to do something that insane and give it back to lash artists? Hi, thank you, Mackenzie, for having me on the podcast. So Paris Pay Your Wills is um, kind of like the new version of Paris Pay Your Bills. For about two years now, every month we give out $20,000 for lash artists under different forms. Sometimes we pay their bills, sometimes we pay for someone's school or pay for the build out of a salon. And we've been doing that for two years. Um, and um, one day I told Caitlin, our VP of marketing, I'm like, I want to do something very special and different. And we come up with the idea of giving out $40,000. So someone could use that and buy a car or someone could use that and build out the whole entire salon to like one winner. And all of the money um, we take, um, we have an online class that we teach like classic and volume course, everything, educations, all the money that we make from educations goes into this foundations and we take the money and then we get back to the lash community. Because um, I, I came from nothing and I was a self-taught lash artist and I didn't really have money to take classes when I first started. So when I said when, you know, our company does good, I want to get back to the lash community who really support our brand. Um, so yeah, so $40,000 and I think... Um, the deadline is in is the end of June, and we'll have one winner. That is so incredible. And that's something that I've always said. I'm like, when I make the big money, I want to be able to give away big money. And I think it's so cool that you have the heart to want to do that. And just especially, you know, just hearing a little bit about your background and your experience and you just saying you've come from nothing. I think a lot of lash artists can resonate with that or they look at this like, oh, I need to start the side hustle to try and, you know, supplement my income and it becomes this large business. So I would love to know what you said you were self-taught. What got you into lashes and what led you to build your own manufacturing facility and build this amazing brand and you I just have to say you have the coolest team everyone that I've met is extremely kind and you can tell they have those same values as you do that they want to help build the brand to be able to give back more and I just think it's incredible thank you I'm, I'm so flattered I um I usually smile cheek to cheek when people, you know, compliment my team because I think I, I do think I have an incredible team and um, it start from, you know, 
the managers of all my teams and it goes down to like the um the employees from like the packer the puller and uh they're just the the coolest people i find i think i'm very fortunate and lucky when it comes to employees and this is the second business that i um really owned in the beauty industry i own a salon before um and i find my i found myself very lucky with the salon too i have almost no turned over um and um, we had 42 employees um, at that salon and it was it was it was a really great ride uh, but yeah no I started doing lashes um, probably about like 14 years ago and I wish I could tell people the story of like I got lashes done and I fell in love with lashes and you know I want to make women feel beautiful but I was like a broke college kid and one of my cousins um, was doing lashes at a salon and I wanted a part-time job and um and some of my family um some of my relative own like a nail salon in arizona and i went and i tried doing nails and i sucked so bad at it that my aunt was like michelle there's no future for you in this <laughs> she, she's pretty harsh and she goes do not make this your career it, it is not your forte and I'm like okay um, and I was so broke and I was uh, waitressing so one day I went I talked to my cousin I said would you teach me to do eyelash extensions because she was making a decent living and you know and I went in and she told me oh you could make this much money if you lash like a few days a week and then go to school so I went in and I just watch her do it for like 30 minutes and she's like, can you go and hand me two pair of tweezers? And I'm like, okay. Um, so I went home and, you know, obviously lots of errors and, you know, tons of trial and errors. And it's just my love for lashes kind of grew from there. And um, no, I do not get to, I did not get to experience like my clients open their lashes and it's like, beautiful. It usually like my client opened their lashes and it's uneven and it's, you know, crooked and glue on the bottom because I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Um, and then um, back then they had the page called wakeupinyourmakeup.com. It was literally the page where you go in and ask every eyelash extension questions. So I find myself on that page for hours at ends and, you know, learn from uh, more seasoned lash artists at that time, like Joe, who used to own LashFX, um, used to be one of my mentor. And, um, and it just kind of grow from there. Um, I love lashes, but I actually love business more. So I've always leaned towards business. And as a lash artist, I was never the best lash artist in town. And my aunt was right. I don't have, you know, I'm very good technicality. But when you tell me to sit down and create this beautiful set, I'm like, okay. My sister, on the other hand, is an amazing artist. So, um, so I um, started as a lash artist, and then I took some classes when I could afford to. Um, and then um, I went on maternity leave and I realized I have like no one to get my clients to. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? So within two weeks, I trained a person to take over my clients and then realized I only had two hands and could only take so many clients. So then I start hiring a person and then two people and then three people um, then I opened my first salon then I was too cheap to actually buy eyelash extensions you know for my salons um, from um, a brand just because it was at one point I think when I started um, the product line I had 
like seven or eight employees and i was like dude this is so expensive just to buy supplies for the whole entire salon i mean you know it's just everything was so expensive i think i feel like it's more affordable now but back then it was very expensive like my adhesive was 75 dollars a bottle so then i get okay well you know i'm gonna start sourcing this and buy this in bulk and you know use it at my salon and then um, I think POA sort of start from there. One day I went home and I told my dad, I say, Dad, I want to sell products for a living because I don't think I'm going to last forever as a lash artist. Um, I had a lot of bad hab habit developed because I wasn't properly trained. So I hunch over, I don't hold tweezers super good. And by the year, I say like eight, nine years of lashing, my body was really not happy with me. I started having a lot of hands problem. So my dad said, okay, you know, go, go do it. And you know, if you can't really sell all of that stuff, at least you have a salon who will use all of it. And I said, okay. So I started out up at my dad's garage because um, I was living in a rental at that time, I think. And then, um, and then I would go to work in the daytime and, you know, source product and then put it in my dad's garage and my dad would pack it for me. And he, I know he's, he's so sweet. He knows nothing about lashes. My dad is like a man's <laughs> man, you know, like he's good with tools and, you know, saws and all of that good stuff. And, and I sit him down on a kitchen table and I teach him about length, about curve. And he's like, have this like giant note. He's writing everything on. And then um, he packs those orders for me and I start with like one or two or three order. And um, I specifically remember um, I listened, I know I, I read an article um, that was written about Sugar Lash and Courtney, um, the owner of Sugar Lash at that time, has struck a uh, contract with, I think, Sephora or Ota. I can't remember one of the two. Um, and, uh, you know, hearing her story and just so wildly successful she is, I went home and I remember stood at the kitchen table and told my dad that when I sell $50,000 a month of products, I will quit my job and then I will do this full time. My husband thought I was crazy um, and because because we have a steady check. We have two kids, you know, like we, we can't afford me to be spontaneously <laughs> quit my job, you know, um, and my dad said, OK, well, it's great that you have a goal. Um, so the day came that, you know, that I that that we sold i think i think the day that i decided in my head that i'm gonna sell my salon was when um when pla hit 100 grand a month um so when pla hit 100 grand a month i ran out from my salon i ran out to the parking lot and i called my husband i said come to the salon can you come to the salon right now and he's like what happened did someone get hurt and i said no just come to the salon and i live like two minutes away so he like curved the corner just pulling his car up really fast and then i hold my phone up and i'm like can i sell the salon now can i please sell the salon now and he just looked at me and he just like are you sure you want to do this and i said i think so and my salon at that time was doing really well because we had like 42 employees i think everyone thought i was a little crazy and i said you know i really feel like this is my calling and i feel like um I, I could grow it to be so much bigger. And I feel like being a lash artist make me happy, but I'm not 
really fulfilled. Um, so I, I, and I, I was getting kind of quite burned out with lashing because I was lashing like six days a week um, and, and running a salon with 42 employees really take the tolls on you. Um, even though they were all wonderful, it just, you know, it takes the tolls on you. Um, and I went home and I told my husband, I'm like, I told you, I'm, I'm going to quit. So um, very, and he, he made me promise that I won't go into our family savings if this crash and I will go back lashing if this crashed and burned. And I said, okay, I will. I, I won't put our family at risk. But, um, but yeah, so I, I sold our salon and, um, and did this full time. And that was about four years, four years ago, I, I think, mm -hmm. four years ago. Um, and then about a year into real, you know, PLA actually doing okay, I was having so much problem with manufacturing, with vendors in general. And I think this is a story that a tons of people could, a tons of um, brand owner could resonate with is you order a sample and it's great. And then when your bulk product comes in and it's crap, right? And I've got burned more times that I could count on. So then I go home and I said, do you know what? I'm just going to make these lashes. Um, and then again, people think it's crazy because it's right before COVID. It literally is right before COVID. So we opened our first manufacturers probably about five months, four or five months pre-COVID. And, um, and um, it sort of just kind of grew from there. And my purpose went from like, I like being a lash artist to I really love being an entrepreneur. And now my main goal is to keep the manufacturer going because at the manufacturers that we have at home, now we have five manufacturers and with the manufacturers there, we have over like 750 employees and they mm -hmm. all went and um, they all are taken out of farmings. So I have a, another purpose, not just to keep PLA afloat, but make sure we don't have to lay off these people. Um, mm -hmm. This woman that we brought in um, to our manufacturers. So just like a hamster wheel, yeah, let's just keep running every day. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's, that's incredible. I, first of all, it is shocking to me hearing that you had a salon with 42 people. Like that is crazy. I have eight and I'm like, it's hard for me sometimes to manage everyone and make sure everyone feels like they have all the tools they need to succeed. So I can't imagine how much time and effort that took for you to put in to make sure they all felt taken care of as well. And, you know, running a successful salon is its own endeavor in itself. And it, especially like I want to touch on one thing that you said, that's something that I noticed when, when I hired so many employees, I was like, wow, our product cost is so high. And like, that's something that I've even looked into like, do, but I have kind of always had this knowing like, I don't necessarily want my own brand. But I was looking just to even cut costs for the salon. So to, to be able to have, you know, brands like you that offer options for wholesale for teams of 10 and more and yeah. different things like that to be able to like if you love a product and you're able to order in bulk for your salon like looking into things like that and it's it's a lot of time and energy but um i think that is so cool to hear that you were like you know what i'm just gonna create this because there was that gap where you felt like, okay, this isn't the same quality every time, or this is different or not exactly what I want to be able to have that confidence in yourself and that knowing that you could make it work and you could make it happen. Have you always 
been confident in that way? Or do you feel like it's over time just gotten more and more to, I'm going to figure it out because I'm that entrepreneur? Uh, I would always say, I would say that I've always been overly confident to the point that my mom and my mom's said her main job and purpose in life is to make sure that I touch the ground every once in a while. Because I literally, I would come home with like the craziest idea. And I said, I think this will work if we do this, this and this and this, it will work. And sometimes, you know, sometimes it works. And sometimes it crash and burned. I mean, it's, it's not every idea of mine become wildly successful. But uh, but I I have to I have to credit that to having a really supportive family. So like my parents are incredibly supportive. Um, and my dad always have the attitude of like, yes, you can do it. It's okay. Like, yes, you can do it. Um, and my mom does. And I know not a lot of people have that. So for that, I'm, I am very, very grateful. Um, I um, Sometimes I have an idea and I go, oh, yeah, I think that will work and this and this. And then I step into it and I'm like, oh, shit. There are so many things to this that I don't know. Like I know nothing about manufacturers and um, I went into manufacturers with one purpose of having consistent products and, and shorten the, um, turnover timed for me. So before I would place an order and I would be at the mercy of the manufacturers to say, okay, you get it in three months, you get it in four months. Sometimes you don't get it or whatnot. So I'm, I'm just trying to shrink in the time. And um, sometimes I say I have this idea and I want to make the lash that way. So I know the only way that I could achieve that is have my own manufacturers. But also, as soon as our manufacturer was set in stone, COVID hit. And COVID in Vietnam is very different than COVID here. So I, I would say the biggest hiccup and also getting over the hiccup was what really made me work so hard to keep the manufacturers open. Because my team asked me all the time, Michelle, why do you always say every decisions we make, it affect the manufacturers every decision we make for PLA affect the manufacturers like that's just so broad we just can't worry about everyone and when COVID happened my manufacturer's manager called me and said Michelle the whole entire city will shut down tomorrow so they got like a 12 hours window where they say wherever you are that's where you are going to be the next three or four or however long the shutdown is going to be. So you cannot leave your house wherever you are. You cannot leave the door of your house. They have military dropping up food in the city. You're not allowed to leave. So if you leave, you get arrested. So they get 12 hours window of get to wherever they need to be. And then I said, well, okay, we'll shut the manufacturers down, we'll send everybody home, then, you know, everybody stays safe. And then they said, that's not why I call you. I'm calling you to ask permission to see if we could stay here. And I said, what the hell? What are we going to do? I mean, I, I don't, we don't have bets for that particular manufacturers. Our first one had probably around 80 women at that time working. Then I said, we don't have a place for you to stay here for 80 people and they said 
we will make it work. So as long as we get your blessings to stay here, we will make it work and we'll keep the manufacturers opened and then we'll keep working. So then we make sure that you still have lashes. And then in my head, I'm like, how the hell am I even going to get the lashes out of the manufacturers? The whole entire city is shut down. Port is shut down. The only thing open is air fly. And, and I said, I, I can't think. And they call me at 2 a.m. in the morning here. And then I said, I, I can't really think. And he goes, well, because they work on salary plus commission. So if I would just pay them salary, they wouldn't be able to afford, you know, because they don't know how long we're going to shut down for it. They have no assistant like we do. So they didn't have stimulus money. They didn't have any kind of money. Um, and then the husband obviously lost their job and got sent home with their kids. So they say, can we stay here? And then I said, can you make it work? And they said, we will make it work. We'll go out, we'll buy, you know, mattress and stuff. And we'll, you know, so within 12 hours, we built in a kitchen, got enough food to last people up and then set up a system for people to stay there. About 60 of them stay. And then that's how we got through COVID, both of us here, PLA here and and them. And they stayed there for three weeks during shutdown. And we paid the truck that would bring food into town to bring our products out. So military truck, we pay them under the table to take our products to DHL's office and flew it here. So just the length that the employees there go, I know they do it partially because, you know, they get pay, but also the length that they go through to make sure that my business is opened during that time is insane and i feel like i'm in debt to people that do that to us you know for us that whatever that's why we launched like private label we do white label we do retail partner so um we can keep up with the sales during recessions time um to make sure that we don't have to lay off anyone there um but yeah no i do have an incredible team in asia and here um and and i'm i'm so grateful and hearing all of that, that is a huge testament to not only who you are as a business owner, but who you are as a person, because people wouldn't offer to do that for someone that they didn't feel taken care of by. And it's that's just so incredible that they would want to stay and keep everything going. And I just I just think, you, you know, surrounding yourself with people who want to work hard for you and you know you give it back in that way and it's your whole brand exudes that that you are just and everything that you do being able to give back to the lash community is i just i'm at a loss for words at how incredible it is and i think you know that's not something you come by often and so i can see why your team is so loyal and your team in Asia is so willing to probably go above and beyond for you because you give back to them and you've created, you know, so many, an immense amount of jobs that they probably enjoy doing more than what else would be available to them. Thank you. Yeah, no, I, I do have a really, really great team. And I said, I consider myself very lucky to I know most people have turnover problem. I know most people have staff problem. I know most people have, um, and, and sometimes we do, but the team that we have here and now, especially our leadership team, um, as the team grows bigger, are, are so, they're so great. And I pinch myself every day because sometimes I'm like, 
I don't think I deserve to have such a good team, you know, and then sometimes I hear people uh, talk about, um, you know, oh, I have this problem with this and that person with my team. And then I went home and I just think I'm so grateful. And also for PLA to grow that big that quickly, because we really grew over COVID time. PLA only been around for four years since I first launched the website, but really in business, only two years, really selling out there and in business for the last two years. So, um, you know, for for the Lash community to actually try my product, like I'm not a speaker, I'm not a judge, I'm not a big brand educators. We don't have a big budget around, you know, behind marketing and things like that. So for the Lash community to try out brand made by a nobody, you know, I'm I'm very, very grateful. So so I'm excited to be able to now that POA is doing good give back to the Lash community. Um and um and yeah, just just keep keep running like hell. <laughs> Exactly. Well, I'm sure, you know, we were talking about this a little bit off camera, there's never enough hours in the day, there's always something to be done. And I think it's, it's, it's really cool hearing you because, you know, I was listening to another podcast that was talking about the people who become the most successful, have confidence, but they also have humility. And to hear you say, like, sometimes I pinch myself, and I'm like, I don't think I deserve this is something that's like even more deserving of all of it because you are aware and you realize like oh i am so grateful to have all of this because not everyone does have that and i wanted to touch on something you said earlier about having you know supportive parents and su supportive family and a supportive husband and you know i i think you're right not a lot of people have that and to be able to have that and it, and I think the point that I'm wanting to get to is for the listeners if that's not your family unit if that's not your significant other find the people who do believe in you and do believe that you can achieve whatever you want and that's something that I got really lucky as well I have two very supportive parents and my mom has always said you can do whatever you want to do you can be whoever you want to be my dad is also that way however I remember when I first started lashing he and I first went out on my own, started my business. He said, well, is is this a fad? Is this going to be something? He, he like had to come in and he's like, okay, yes, yeah, you can do what you need to do. But also I want to be realistic and let's make sure this is going to be something that's, you know, going to stick around for a while. So sometimes it's nice to have, like you said, your mom asks you to come back down to the ground or like, all right, we need to do this. But I think, you know, to be successful, you have to have that kind of, outrageous confidence of I'm going to go do it. And you also have to not let your own negative thoughts or what you think other people might think, you know, into your head, because even if you do fail, or even if you do, you know, start one thing and realize, like you said earlier, oh, shit, like this might not work, or this might or I might need to adjust this or change it, like, learning from that and growing from that. And I'm sure there's been many things that have, you know, you've learned and grown from. Is there anything specific or any advice you have for people first starting out or anyone who might be struggling with, you know, that negative self-talk or that self-doubt for them in their business, whether they're a new lash artist or a brand themselves feeling like they're struggling? Um, so I think the biggest advice that I would have for a business first start out owner or like brand owner is keep pushing forward. 
you never actually see other people's very rarely people display their struggle on social media you will always see you know my book client my great sales number my fancy cars or my great vacations but you don't know all the struggle that they go they went through or still is going through right so just because you don't see it doesn't mean that they don't struggle everybody struggle everybody got scammed everybody got cheated um and and if you keep if you want to keep growing either your business or even your skills as a lash artist or your business or your brand owner Think about this. When you think that it is so goddamn hard that you're going to quit, that's the point that most people quit. But if you keep pushing forward and going, you will grow through that, right? You will grow and then you will get to be a bigger business person. You will, if you stick, if you stick with your business through COVID, it will thrive after kind of sense. But most people quit the minute it gets hard. Most people quit the minutes. It's like hand making volumes fans is so hard. And that's when they quit, right? Every, as an educator, every 10 people that I teach doing lash extensions or every 10 people that I see try out lash extensions, really only about four or five people will actually stick with it and make it a career. And the other half is like, this is too hard. I'm not cut out for it. And then all the negative thoughts just eats at you. And nobody cares what you're doing. Nobody really cares. We all think that everyone, Jessica and Melinda and, you know, Caitlin cares so much about what I, they got their own problem. Don't don't worry about them, you know, so so don't care. Don't worry about what other people say. Just keep pushing forward and know everyone that you think is above your level went through the same struggle and they've been there. So if you quit, you're going to be one of the statistics that left but just think in your head that's the point that the average person will quit so you're gonna have to keep going forward mm-hmm. absolutely i couldn't agree more okay i want to switch gears a little bit you guys have been traveling like crazy and going to all the conferences is there anything is there any conference you absolutely love going to or probably all of them i'm sure but is there any if for any listeners listening, if there's one conference that they should go to or two conferences that they should go to, what would you recommend? I feel like I have to pick favorite. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can say all of them too. I've only been to a handful of the same ones year after year, but I feel like you guys have been to a lot. So we were COVID baby. We saw nobody. And then when the door opened, we like, where can we go? You know, we were so excited. Um, and our controller accountant is like, terrified because he's like where are you going next why is it so much money and i said oh well because we're taking this and this and this person with us so uh lots of conferences going this year i would probably say the highlight that i'm really 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 looking forward to is LashCon in um in october and uh, we're having a booth there i went to LashCon for the first time last year and i was just like what this exists and i never went and it was just so incredible and so inspiring. And I met so many people that I was just like, I was fangirling like half of the time because, you know, all these people that I like follow were, were all there. So it was amazing. So LashCon is really great. We go into IBS in Las Vegas and we're having a booth there um, for the first time. Wish me luck. I have no idea how that's going to go. But um, but we're going there and um, I'm really bummed, but I missed... Um, 
Flash Summit and that was thrown by Shelby. And mm -hmm. and I heard that was really, really good. Oh, sorry, Lash Boss. I Lash Boss Summit. Lash Boss Summit, yeah. And um Caitlin and Bo went and they said it was amazing and I missed it. So I'm so bummed. So I'm looking forward to go to that one next year. Mm -hmm. Where are so you fun. going? Where are you going this year? This year up next by the time this airs this event will have already happened but i'm going to the let's get social event christine of island lash is throwing that one it's all about social media um so i'll be speaking at that event and then i know we'll both be in orlando early june for the premiere show so i'm really excited for that i'm actually really happy because i speak the very first day and then i just get to be free and like hang out with all the booths and hang out with all everybody else i'm really excited to come see everybody speak to in the specific lash portion so i'll be going to that unfortunately i won't be going to ibs vegas this year but then i will be at lash con for sure and hoping to do a little disneyland trip around that time since it's at anaheim be, this year that will be amazing i'm so excited about orlando too because me, Caitlin, and Lana are going. Um, I know you're teaching a class. I'm teaching a class there. Um, and we make sure that we get there for the whole entire show to go to everyone's class. Mm -hmm. But um, me, Lana, and Caitlin are all moms. And we're leaving our husband and children at home. And we're going to Orlando's together. So we're like, yep, you know, we'll make plans. We'll have a couple of drinks. And, um, and I'm excited. It's a nice getaway. And it's good to see everyone. The lined up for Orlando is really great. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, it's incredible. I think it's going to be a really, really good conference. Yeah, and the ticket is so affordable too. It's insane. It's a no brainer almost. Like, why would you not go? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, it has been so much fun to have you on. I feel like this episode has so much value in it and I'm so excited for people to listen in. Can you tell us how do we enter to win Paris Pays Your Wheels and where can we find you and hang out with you on social media? Okay, so um, to win Let Paris Pay Your Wheels, you would want to go to um, Paris Lash Academy or PLA's Instagram and there's a pinned post there with the rule of how do you um, how do you enter. Um, they ask you to make a small wheel and you can enter up to a hundred times. So if you submit a video a day, I think kind of, and um, you will get a hundred entry. The very interesting thing is we've had a few handfuls of people that have submitted a video a day every single day and they literally messaged me and said Michelle I am determined to win this and I said good for you because they get a hundred entry and then if their videos get a lot of views they get I think an extra like 15 or 20 entries on it so I, I watch every single one of those videos and I really really love them um so that's one and then um uh, my Instagram is Michelle Gwynn PLA um I'm quite boring I don't I'm I barely know how to type, so I don't really do social media. Caitlin really helps me with social media. I'm learning and I'm learning how to be better with it. I'm, I just learned to make stories, so bear with me. I truly am a dinosaur. So, um, so yeah, hang out at Paris Slash Academy Instagram or Michelle Wynn PLA. And that's what's so awesome, too, about hiring a team, because you get to do what you're good at, and you get to let them do what they're good at, and then you don't have to worry about it. Actually, now I have another question. Was it hard for you to delegate these, like, positions in the beginning? Yep, you're looking at, like, the control freaks, you know, very OCD type is. Um, I had the hardest time, and I, and, and, 
I say I've never said this to people before. I actually went to see someone to talk about it because I'm like I went home and I feel like I'm just gonna do everything, and then I struggle because I didn't have enough time, so I have asked everything and it was terrible. And、um, I talked to my husband, and he said, "You got an issue? Go talk to someone, <laughs> not me. Go talk to someone." So I went to talk to someone professionally about it, and then the more that they explain it to me, I'm like. Yes. Why would I want to try to make that post? I suck at social media. <laughs> I should have Caitlin do it.、Um, and、um, and I feel like once you do it the first couple time, it feels so forced. It feels so hard, and you feel like you want to micromanage. But the more I feel like if I micromanage,、um, I tried. The more I micromanage, the worst it was. And then I sit down and say. What the heck? I hired this incredible team because they're good at what they do. Let them do it,、um, and of course, it's so much better than I did. So, so I think at first it was so hard, and and yeah, I went talk to someone, and they were like, "It's normal," you know, the whole entire talk, like, "It's normal to feel that way," and I'm like, "It is," and、uh, and I worked through it. It was definitely a learning process for me, and then it became a learning process for、uh, my managers because all my managers are doers. So then, when they expanded their team, I had to have the same talk with them. I'm like, let her do it. It will suck the first couple times, but it will be better after, you know, because you can't do it all. You, I'm sure you do amazing lashes. You can't do everyone's lashes. No, exactly.、Yeah. You're so right. Oh my gosh, I love that. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I've had so much fun talking with you, and I cannot wait to hang out with you more at all the different conferences and you and your team and. Everything, and for those of you listening, take a screenshot wherever you listen. Tag us both on stories, and we will see you guys in the next one. Thank you, Mackenzie.